Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. And welcome to another episode of Bucks and Six, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast brought to you by Fans First Sports Network. I'm Stephen Dorff, and alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Hershey Winkleman. Check us out on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Bucks and Six FFSN. And then you can find this podcast and the rest of our podcasts on Apple or Spotify. So make sure to turn your uh, notifications on, leave a like and a rating. We much appreciated. Uh, on today's show, we got a lot, uh, lots to discuss with the you know abrupt resignation of Terry Stotts, the conclusion of the preseason for the Bucks, and as well as we got the uh, first game of the season on us for uh, Thursday against the Sixers. But before we get all or before we get into all that. Got a special guest for you guys today. Joining us is Logan, blogger and creator from the uh, Buck Zone, the number one community for Milwaukee Bucks basketball. Check out his pages on Instagram and Twitter at the Buck Zone uh, for rumors, scores, highlights, and more. So you can be caught up on all all things Milwaukee Bucks. How you doing, Logan? Doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, super stoked to have you. Uh, I know you've been all over the uh, Terry Stott stuff, Logan. So. I mean, obviously it sucks to lose, you know, your number two assistant coach, the guy who's supposed to run the offense, but is this something that you think Bucks fans should be concerned about? Um, definitely not. I think, um, yeah, it's a little, it'll throw the team off maybe a little bit, just kind of it being so sudden and close to the season. Um, but I don't think it's anything to really stress about. I think, I feel like, yeah, he had his connections or whatever, but good offense, good uh, pass or whatever he had. um, He's like a well-renowned coach, but I feel like at the same time, it's nothing Griffin and Prunty can't really handle. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I sit on it as well. I mean, it definitely does suck just for the team's, like, morale um, and just kind of for Dame. I mean, I know that it was, you know, kind of big for Dame to have – you know, his former head coach here uh, when he first made that move. So, uh, you know, that kind of gave him some solace, some, some, you know, some, some comfort when he came here and now that guy's gone. Uh, So hopefully it doesn't really necessarily change, uh, you know, what Damian Lillard's thinking about, you know, living in Milwaukee. Uh, Hopefully he's still fully bought in, but yeah, I mean, having an assistant coach just resign in the middle of a practice definitely isn't a good look for a team that's supposed to be uh, competing for a championship this year. Yeah, definitely not. I feel like from what I've seen, um, like interview wise, Lillard is cool with it. Um, 
Giannis is cool with it. Middleton's cool with it. Griffin's cool with it. Like, everything's kind of all good. They're just moving on. And it seems like Stotts kind of wanted to take on more of a role than just an assistant. So I feel like it's better to get it out of the way now than have issues later on. Yeah, especially being that, you know, AG is a rookie head coach. Stotts being, you know, a nine-year vet, you know, coaching Dame for the, his first eight years um, or nine years. So, you know, he's probably going to want to have a big hold on the team and, you know, to see him try to, you know, baby around Adrian Griffin and then having AG, you know, stand his ground. I think that's kind of the thing, you know, that's my biggest takeaway from this is that Adrian Griffin is going to be a guy who's going to be strong headed and he's going to, you know, run the team the way he wants to run it. Yeah. He's not backing down. Um, he might be a first year head coach or whatever, but he's going to do things his way. And I think that's the way it should be. He, he runs the show. It's his job. And that's, we got to buy into his culture either way. So. Oh, and then how do you feel about Joe Prunty kind of stepping into the number two role after Stotts? Um, I don't know too much about Joe Prunty besides obviously he had his little stint after Jason Kidd. Um, I like it. I'm sure the players like him. I know Giannis likes him. He'll hold it down. He'll do his and thing. It's always good to just have that familiarity. He yeah, also I mean, he also has uh you know, he's been the uh, lead assistant for the Phoenix Suns under Monty Williams uh for the past couple of years. So I mean he has he has experience dealing with high caliber offensive players like like a Devin Booker, like a Chris Paul, um, like a Kevin Durant. So all of those guys, you know. He's worked with them as well as Giannis. I, I think that Pronti is going to have a fine job. You know, he's going to do fine dealing with the offense. Um, I think, but like Steve, you made a great point with uh with AG not backing down. I think that's kind of the big the big story here is that you know someone tried to stand up to him. Someone didn't like one of his uh colleagues didn't listen to him, and he kind of like laid down the law, and that's kind of how it's going to be. So I'm glad that he kind of like showed in front of the whole team like you're not gonna. You're not going to show me up in front of everybody. So that, I mean, that, that shows like good leadership in my opinion. Yeah. It's great to see that from a rookie head coach, especially. Yeah. You can't go wrong. Like that's, that's exactly what you want to see from Griff and to kind of build off of Prunty. I feel like, yeah, we were looking at Monty Williams as a head coach um, in the off season or whatever. And Prunty being under him for years and years or a couple years now and kind of bouncing around the league. He'll do a fine job. I think he get he has a lot of knowledge and obviously I think he's kind of a fan favorite as well. After Jason Kidd, he had a nice little run with us. Absolutely. I mean, if there's anything else you guys want to, you know, cover on this Terry Stotts situation, I think we've kind of settled that, but um, preseason just wrapped up. We were three and two, you know, some ups and downs. Uh, our last game against the Grizzlies, we got to see, you know, the uh, first time Damian, Giannis, and Chris, you know, set, set on the court together. Uh, albeit it was only for a couple minutes, but just seeing them on the court together, was that like, does that kind of just get you prepared for this season and get you excited for the things to come? Yeah, it's, it's definitely exciting. Um, I feel like we didn't, see as much as maybe we wanted to um just because i think it's going to take time it's definitely going to take time we're not going to take the nba by storm right off the bat we might have a slow start people might overreact um i think Giannis said something like it might take all 82 games to get it figured out but he hopes to be ready when it matters most and obviously that is what matters most so 
Yeah, and I've seen some people, you know, be like, we need to go for the one seed. We need the two seed because we need the home court advantage against the Celtics, the Cavs, you know, the Sixers, the other competing teams in the Eastern Conference. Me personally, though, I think that, you know, as long as we're, like you said, figured out by game 82 for the playoffs, I think that that's all that matters. And, you know, having home court advantage is super nice. But the year we won the championship, you know, we were only a three seed. So we only had home court uh, in that first round. So uh, I I think that as long as, you know, we build a good chemistry, you know, Giannis and Dame kind of find that report together. They can run the, you know, that dominant pick and roll that everyone is expecting. Uh, I think that this team should be fine. But yeah, I think that we will definitely start off pretty rocky, just a lot of ups and downs. I think preseason kind of showed that, uh, you know, a lot of new guys on the team, you know, outside of just Damian Lillard, a brand new head coach. We just lost our assistant coach. So there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, figuring out and, you know, trying to, you know, find our identity. Yeah, definitely. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of the classic Giannis, like build good habits quotes coming out right away. Mm -hmm. Um, we hear it every time. Um, but yeah, the preseason was good. Obviously, we saw like glimpses of Dame. Really excited about Beasley. Feel like he's gonna be great to guard. I I'm assuming he'll get the start. That seems to be the way things are gonna go. Hopefully hoping to see a little bit of Marjan this season. He I don't know what kind of rotation or like what kind of role he's gonna have in the rotation right off the bat, but hopefully over time he can develop. I'm pretty high on that guy for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of fans love Marjan Hirsch. I mean, what do you, I mean, you, you take care of it here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just touching on, you know, some of the young guys, I mean, we saw uh, Adrian Griffin put in, uh, in that, in that last, you know, stint of that Grizzlies game, we saw him put in a, a rotation of all young guys and that rotation ended up, you know, leading us to a win. We saw Marjan drop 18 points in the second half. Um, which of these young guys are you kind of most high on? I mean, obviously a lot of people are high on Marjan, but are any of these other young guys, Chris Livingston, AJ Green, uh, Andre Jackson Jr. jumping out at you? Uh, you you are you high on any of these guys, or is it more just Marjan hype for you? Um, I think Marjan's definitely like the top. Uh, I'm I'm a big AJ Green guy. Love AJ Green. Um, he's I don't know. He's kind of carved out a nice little role. I feel like. If he gets a chance, he's going to be good. I'm a I'm big on Andre Jackson as well. He's super athletic. He's going to help with that defense. I mean, I'm personally not too worried about our defense, but I, I feel like the media is kind of portraying with the loss of Drew, worried about the defense. I think some of those young guys will step up, specifically Andre Jackson. If he plays, if he gets minutes, he's he's locked down. We saw him kind of locked down DeRozan there early in the preseason. Got high hopes for him for sure. And then, yeah, you just said A.J. Green. I mean, he was pretty, you know, he was electric in the preseason. Went 8 for 12 from 3. Obviously, a very small sample size, but, I mean, that's 67%. And, you know, the Bucs in the you know, previous playoff series have been looking for someone to just consistently knock down threes. Do you think there's any chance that A.J. Green could maybe crack the rotation this year? Um, I'm hoping so. I really am. I think I'm not too sure. I'm not sold on Pat yet. I feel like Pat's role is kind of – uh Pat's role's kind of become replaceable. And if he gets, he's definitely streaky. And if he's not kind of playing how he's used to, I, I could see AJ Green kind of stepping into that role. If he's going to be, if he's going to be knocked down, that's, that could be his kind of thing, being that bench sharpshooter. 
Yeah. I mean, that's the, I mean, not necessarily an issue. I mean, it's an issue that a lot of teams would probably, uh, you know, love to have, but we have so much depth to the point where it's like, we don't know who's going to be able to play, who's going to sit. Cause you know, you just mentioned a guy like Pat Connington who, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Pat Connington guy. I, I love Pat. I think he's, you know, one of the better role players on this team and has been, but yeah, I mean, it just, if you have a guy like AJ green shooting 67% from three, I mean, how can you, you know, justify sitting him? over a guy like Pat who did struggle in the preseason, although we do know what he is capable of in the playoffs. I mean, we just got to put out our best guys and do the best we can in the regular season. I mean, a lot of the times regular season has been taken as a joke, you know, these recent years, but I think it's super important to kind of just establish like who your guys are for the playoffs. Definitely. I think it's going to be, it's just going to be riding the hot hand. I think hoping this coaching staff does more of a a better job than that, than Bud did. Cause I feel like Bud was kind of set in his ways. He was going to play his guys. He was going to play. He was going to play Pat his twenty minutes in the playoffs, no matter what. He wasn't wasn't going to change anything. wasn't going to put Crowder out there to to guard anybody. He was he was set in his ways and not really big on adjustments. And I think, I mean, I've heard Griffin say in interviews he's big on the adjustments, big on changing things up. So hopefully, we kind of see a mix of whoever's going to perform is going to be on the floor. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if this is necessarily considered an adjustment, but, you know, in that last preseason game against the Grizzlies, we saw Marjan not take the court at all in the first half. And, you know, our team was kind of needing that energy. We needed something. And, you know, AG puts him in halfway through the third quarter, and he was, you know, basically the reason we won that game. So, I mean, that's kind of nice to see from a coach where he's willing to kind of just go off the script, do what he needs to do to find the win. Yeah, definitely. It's Hopefully we see a lot of that. Especially defensively, I feel like that was Budenholzer's biggest thing was the defensive adjustment adjustments. So I think just having that mindset, that scheme, is going to help a lot more than people think. Yeah, and then you and you mentioned uh, Malik Beasley earlier, a little Jay Crowder. Um, what are your kind of thoughts overall outside of Dame, obviously, because he's a massive addition. But when you think of the uh, the new additions, like you know Beasley, Cameron Payne. Uh, Robin Lopez, just the guys that, you know, we, we gained this off season. Uh, do you think, you know, they're going to be helpful, uh, hurtful? What are, you, what are your kind of thoughts on, you know, the Bucks off season, kind of who we, who we brought in after you've seen, you know, them play in the preseason, you know, we've seen Cameron Payne log some good minutes. Uh, Malik Beasley's looked decent. Yeah. What are your thoughts on just like the new, the new guys, the, the, the new additions outside of Dame? Yeah. So I like Beasley. I like Beasley a lot. I think, He's going to be streaky. He's same thing as Grayson. He's going to be streaky. He's going to kind of fill that Grayson role nice. Um, maybe not as much of a creator, hopefully more of a defender. Um, I was a big Grayson guy. I never really got the hate, understood the hate that he got. But I think Beasley's going to fill that role nice. Uh, time will tell, obviously. Um, big on campaign. We finally have a, a solid backup point guard. We're not looking at Lindell Wigington anymore um, to kind of fill those roles, Ty Ty Washington. Uh, I was big on Javon, but last year, but obviously losing him to Chicago, um, I think campaign's just a better fit for the team. I think he's going to be a great backup point guard for us. Um, Robin Lopez, not too sold on him. He's had kind of an interesting preseason. Um, kind of all over the place but regardless he's a big body we got the he'll hold the down grab some boards yeah and with robin lopez like 
I know a lot of people are like, oh, like, if, you know, if one of our big men goes down, like, what do we do? But I don't know. I, I remember the Sergi Baca situation, you know, where we go out, we trade for him because we're dealing with Brooke Lopez's injury. And, you know, then Brooke comes back and then Sergi Baca is still on the team and he has no role and it just causes turmoil in the locker room. And, you know, all that's just not, it's never worth it, especially if it's only for, you know, a few games in the regular season. So I, I think that uh, Robin should do for now, especially if he doesn't see the floor, which I don't really expect him to see many like important minutes. But I think with our big man rotation, I'm pretty set with Bobby, Brooke, and Giannis right now. Yeah, when it matters most in the playoffs, it's like it's going to be that's going to be the rotation. I don't think Robin will see the floor. If for some reason we need some extra big man depth in the season, we got Marcus Bolden on a two way. He can try something there's a couple free agents out there we can go grab Myers Leonard or something if we absolutely need to yeah bring back Myers um and then uh Jay Crowder is another guy I wanted to touch on uh I know a lot of people are very you know polarized with him some like people like me I'm a big Jay Crowder guy I mean I know what he has been able to do for you know teams that make it deep in the playoffs and then Jay Crowder has obviously struggled, you know, last season with us. And then even in the preseason, he only shot 30% from three. So Jay Crowder is, you know, is, is he someone you're excited for? Someone you think will have a bounce back year for us? Oh yeah, definitely. I think um, he's only back because Bud is gone. I think him and him and Bud kind of butted heads. They weren't, weren't too fond of each other. So I think he's going to have a little bit of a different role. He's obviously he's going to be streaky shooting. But uh, I think he's going to be big on the defensive end, just kind of bringing that that tough mindset. Him and Bobby kind of – that those are guys you want on your team always. Yeah, hopefully he can kind of replace that P.J. Tucker role from 2021. I know yeah, that's, that's kind of that, – that was the mindset when we first got him. Um, I think a lot of people had that in mind. But mm-hmm. come playoff time, we just didn't even put him in the game. So, yeah. yeah and I know me and Steve have touched on it before. I mean – you don't really trade five second round picks, like five future draft uh, draft capital, you know, all that draft capital for a guy who's not going to touch the floor. So I'm, I'm glad that we at least, you know, brought him back, gave him another chance because I don't think Bud necessarily really gave him a fair shot. Um, and yeah, I think like Steve said, I'm a huge Jay Crowder guy. If it were me, I would be starting him this year in a huge lineup with uh, Dame Middleton, Jay Crowder, Giannis and Brooke. That, that would be my uh, personal favorite, but doesn't look like it's going to uh, shake out that way. Yeah, I actually – I think I made a post on that as well. Uh, that's the lineup I would roll out opening night if it was me. So, I agree. All righty. Well, I think that's uh, that's good for, for the first half. We'll take a quick break, and uh, we'll come back. We'll uh we'll talk about the the Bucks. The, they play the first uh first season game on Thursday against the Philadelphia 76ers. So, we'll talk about, you know, expectations, rotation, stuff like that. Uh, we'll be right back. And we're back on the Bucks and Six podcast. Uh, we're joined here with the Bucks Zone. Um, we're going to, you know, touch on the Bucks uh, taking on the Philadelphia 76ers on Thursday. Uh, season opener for Milwaukee. Uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of turmoil surrounding that Philadelphia team. I guess first thing maybe we should touch on is, you know, the James Harden situation. Uh, you know, he still hasn't really necessarily reported uh, to practice yet. Uh, we know, you know, throughout the entire off season that him and Daryl Morey have been, you know, kind of beefing. There's been 
issues there between, you know, him and their front office. He wants to be traded, but he hasn't been traded yet. Um, you know, we, we saw an offer come in from the Clippers for Terrence Mann and a couple of picks. Uh, that didn't necessarily work out or go through. So, yeah, I mean, I think it'll be – It'll be interesting. Uh, what are your thoughts kind of on, you know, the the whole James Harden situation? Do you think he touches the court in the opener? Do you think we wait for a while? Kind of what, what what are the thoughts there on the whole James Harden situation in Philadelphia? Yeah, the whole thing is kind of wild. I don't – I doubt we see him Thursday. It's probably not going to happen. I mean, that's good for us. We got to come out, kind of set the tone early, kind of show them what we're made of. I feel like if we were to lose to the – the hardenless Sixers, we would be hearing about it on ESPN for a couple days, just because that's how the media is. But yeah, I, I doubt we see him Thursday. Yeah, and I think that answers some questions about you know the defensive matchup, you know specifically in our backcourt because you know you have you know with uh, with the Sixers they have two you know pretty elite uh, guards with James Harden obviously, and then Tyrese Maxey, uh, young stud, and. You know, with Damian Lillard and Malik Beasley, you you want to throw Malik Beasley in the rear guard, but you know, they kind of have two of them, and I think that that puts you know puts us to the test here if they were to use James Harden. But since he probably won't play, I think that does help us a lot. It allows Malik Beasley to you know solely focus on Maxi and then Damian Lillard to really run our offense. Uh yeah. and then you have uh, any. Uh, quite, you know, with the so obviously Giannis looked electric in preseason. He was putting up like twenty points a game, and you know, and very limited action. I've got no concerns with him. Any the the knee surgery in the off season probably you know has something to do with it. Damian Lillard being there, opening up the floor for him. But do you expect, uh, you know, now that they're gonna have like you know full thirty plus minutes in the rotation, do you expect them to kind of just light it up from game one? Them two specifically, maybe not the team. Yeah, I mean, obviously Giannis is going to get his get his stats. He always will. Um, kind of interested to see. I'm interested to see how Lillard is in a full game. Kind of see what kind of role. How I mean, obviously he's going to have the ball in his hands. He's going to score. It's what he's going to do. Just kind of see how that dynamic takes place, as well as Middleton. I'm very intrigued to see what kind of role Middleton carves out here as the the true third guy, undoubted third guy kind of see how that all plays out for a full game of real minutes because we only saw Middleton play maybe, what, 10, 12 minutes in that last preseason game. So very intrigued to see that. Yeah, and then, you know, Dame obviously, you know, spoke about how he wants to accommodate Chris Middleton and make sure he gets his numbers. And obviously the same thing with Jan. Uh do you? I, I know Dame didn't look too aggressive in the preseason. Part of that is, you know, him just being a little rusty and you know getting his game legs back. He hasn't he hadn't played all off season and he hadn't played for you know half of that last regular season. So a lot of rust to be expected. But uh, I kind of do. Me personally, I want to see Dame, you know, take the ball, take a little bit more for a little bit less off the ball. I want to set in screens for him. I feel like we didn't see enough of that in the preseason. And I know it's obviously only preseason. They only played 20 minutes, but uh, I do want to see that because I think the pick and roll is where we're really going to, you know, be dominant and be the best. Um. So, yeah, I mean, with the pick and roll, do you do you expect to see lots of pick and roll action with Damian and Giannis? Um, definitely a lot. Like, I think it's kind of 
it's obvious we're gonna be we're gonna see it a lot i don't expect them to like spam it and go crazy with it but I, i'm sure we're gonna see it we're gonna see it plenty and i and i want to see lillard do his thing i i think we traded for him for a reason i i want to see him be ball dominant i want to see the ball out of Giannis's hands a little bit something we haven't really seen in the past mm-hmm. yeah and you know this will sometimes do the thing where i feel like he feels like he has to like do too much and he'll just dribble it and dribble and dribble. And then, you know, he'll put up a shot or turnover, but it's just because, you know, the floor is really closed in for him and he has, he's used to doing everything for us, you know, in crunch time. Um, Having a guy like Damian Lillard, I think is just really going to open up the floor for him. I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if we see one of the most efficient Giannis's we've ever seen. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of pressure is going to be taken off of him. I think it might take some time. He's not used to that, especially like in the fourth quarter. If it's a close game, he's not going to maybe know when to give up the ball. I think that'll take time to develop and kind of interested to see how they how they manage that. But yeah, definitely. We could see probably the most efficient Giannis we've ever seen. Yeah, that's actually an interesting point you bring up with his fourth quarter usage, because obviously we had Drew Holiday. We've had Chris. Drew Holiday actually has been, you know, a clutch shot maker. That's really never been the problem, you know, with him. It's been more of just, you know, throughout the game in the playoffs, staying consistent, staying hot. Uh, with a guy like Damian Lillard, I don't, I wonder what Giannis's fourth uh, fourth quarter role looks like, Hirsch. I mean, is there, I mean, do you expect Giannis to see a significant drop in usage in the fourth quarters now that we have Dame? I, I mean, yeah, definitely. I, I definitely think Giannis is going to be off the ball a lot more, uh, and more of that, you know, dunker uh, kind of offensive rebounding role. I think Dame's going to have the ball in his hands a lot uh, at the end of the game. But one thing I am slightly worried about, at least off the jump with Damian Lillard, is that he'll be too uh, unselfish, meaning that he's going to like he, he'll he'll pass up on open shots to try to get other people involved because it's like a new team. He's this is the best collection of talent he's ever played on. Um, and I've seen that a little bit in, in the preseason. Dame, you know. There's a shot there and he doesn't take it. He passes it off uh, to another guy just because, you know, he thinks that might be a better shot. I would personally like to see him be a little bit more assertive on the offensive end. You know, like we saw him in Portland where there was not necessarily, there's no, there's no spot on the court where he he didn't feel comfortable shooting. Um, that's kind of the game I want to see. Uh, and I think we will. I think it'll just take some time. Like both of you guys mentioned, uh, you know, when we got Drew, Drew first at first was, you know, he, he had a, an interview where Drew was talking about how he didn't really know what he was doing out there uh, for the first couple of months of, you know, us getting him. I think that I think it could be kind of the same scenario where, you know, they're just kind of they're just kind of feeling it out together. And then come the second half of the season, I think this team's really going to turn it on. Yeah, I mean, I just think. You know, with Dame, he's yeah, he's got to acclimate himself, you know, to the guys. He's got to learn how to play with Giannis. And I don't think it, you know, playing with Giannis, it, it, I don't expect a guy like Damian Lillard, who is as dominant on the offensive side of the ball, I don't think he's going to have too much trouble, you know, getting acclimated and starting to, you know, take, you know, build that confidence. Cause Giannis and him, Chris, and, you know, all the guys, Brooke are probably telling Dame, like, yo, you got those shots from 30 feet out, take them. Like, we know you can hit them, take them. Cause that opens up the court for the rest of us. And, you know, it might not come game one. It might not come game two, but I expect to see, you know, a pretty confident Damian Lillard taking, you know, his shots and come playoff time. I mean, I expect this team to be, you know, fully fledged, like ready to go for a finals run. 
Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, hopefully we see it right away. It's not a guarantee, but I think it'd be pretty promising to see him come out and just kind of let Lillard do his thing. Um, kind of bouncing back to the fourth quarter stuff, I think, especially with Giannis and his free throw struggles, uh, especially in the playoffs, like I don't really want to see the ball in Giannis's hands down the stretch. I want to see, I want to see Lillard, Middleton. I want to see Giannis under the basket. Like that's that's just me. Um, I think that's that's the reason Lillard's here, and I think we gotta let him do his thing. Yeah, I think that's like I think thing with the fourth. I was gonna say I think that's Giannis, a, sorry, really quick. Uh, Giannis not having. <laughs> my bad. Steve. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, Giannis having the ball in the fourth quarter. Um, another thing is you know hopefully he doesn't take as many free throws at the end of games because that's you know another moment where, uh. I you know I'm <laughs> I'm really nervous when he's at the line. But... and Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez and Malik Beasley, there should be no reason that he needs to take those free throws anymore. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully that's not the case, or hopefully that is the case. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, we've 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 seen you know we've seen Middleton be able to take those big shots. I mean, in the past, he he's been kind of the guy that. You know, we go to down the stretch to take those, you know, game winners or, you know, those 15 seconds left. You need to get a shot up. You give it to Chris over Giannis. Now Chris is like a secondary closer for this team, which I think is going to be an interesting thing to, you know, watch transpire throughout the year is that, you know, even throughout the preseason, we've seen Damian Lillard be blitzed a lot, uh, double teamed, trapped on the on the perimeter. I could definitely see that happening a lot down the stretch uh, in, you know, close games. Damian Lillard's getting double teamed. Uh, that, I think, is where Chris Middleton's going to be, you know, bread and butter. I think in a 1v1 matchup against, you know, a probably a, a, a lesser perimeter defender, I think Chris Middleton's going to be able to get those shots up. I think he's going to be very, very effective this year, especially in this offense. Kind of reminds me, I mean, I hate to say it, but kind of reminds me a little bit of, like, the Clay Thompson uh, role when you know they got Durant and it was Durant and Curry and then you know Thompson was still able to get his shots up still able to carve out that role for himself I, I think that's you know kind of where Middleton's gonna end up on on this team and my and that's that's kind of where I see it happening yeah and it's it's definitely not crazy to say that I mean Curry KD Giannis uh Giannis Dame it's very similar very players of that caliber and honestly I'm taking Middleton over Clay maybe not straight up shooting but uh, overall game, yeah. Yeah, I like that take, personally. <laughs> Especially Middleton. New Middleton. Oh, yeah. Forward to, though, is the does the uh, daytime salvation in Milwaukee. That's going to be something. Yeah, the first one, that, that, that'll be uh, – that's going to feed families right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that, that'll let us know it's officially here, it's real. Like, Damon of Bach. Yeah, can't wait to be seeing that. Well, Logan, it's been great having you on. Uh, super excited to be working with you throughout the season. Uh, again, make sure you check them out on the Buck Zone on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we'll leave you know links to all of his stuff. Make sure you check him out. Uh, that's going to be it for today's episode of the Box and Six podcast. Make sure to leave a like, download, subscribe, and follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Box and Six FFSN. I'm Hershey Winkleman, he's Steven Dorf, and let's go Bucks!